Let's start at verse number 19, which says, Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word that to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord, and everybody said, Hallelujah. Then news of these things spread and came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all with purpose of heart that they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord and everybody said, Hallelujah. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Father, thank you for your word. Speak to us now. And change us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody. Say amen. amen. More than once in Scripture... Not only did the Lord change lives, He also changed names. Simon was no longer called Simon, but he was called... Anybody know what Simon's name was changed to? He was called Peter. Saul, on the road to Damascus, had an encounter, and a little bit later... He was no longer called Saul, but he was called Paul. Paul. Well, make sure you know your Sunday school lessons from way back when. Well, the believers in Christ, the disciples of Christ, received a new name right here in chapter 11. Verse number 26 lets us know the disciples of Christ were first called Christians in a Greek city named Antioch. The first time they were ever given the, the label Christian was in Antioch. And I don't think that it was actually a good thing. I think they were actually being poked fun of. Look at those Christ followers. Look at those radicals. Look at those... Christians. But today, we embrace the, the title, Christian. How many Christians are in the room here this morning? And you're glad to be a Christian. You're proud to be a Christian. Amen. Christian. But I want to take you back to the beginnings. How did they receive the name Christian? Why did they receive the name Christian that we so proudly embrace, hopefully, and not just in a room like this. Hopefully you're proud to be a Christian outside of these doors because it actually matters more outside of these doors than it does inside of these doors. You can say you're a Christian all day long while you're in the church. How about declaring it and living it when you're outside of the church? Anybody here today? Anybody want to hear this today? Yeah. 
I'm calling for Christians today. Calling all Christians. Are there any Christians here today? Calling all Christians. Are you in the house? Are you here today? How are people going to know that you're a Christian? We don't have the, the name badges. I am a Christian. Why did they get the moniker, the label, the handle, nickname? Why? There are four reasons. We're going to go through this very quickly. I want you to write these down. Persecution, preaching, power, and proof. Persecution, preaching, power, and proof. First of all, this is just a trail that we are going to follow. Because the, the, the people that were following Christ, if they got the name Christian because they were following Christ, then shouldn't we as well? And shouldn't some of the descriptions fit us as well? Persecution, number 19, verse number 19. Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen. Anybody remember the Sunday school lesson on Stephen? I remember it especially well because of my name. I always loved that there was a Stephen in the Bible. Even, even spelled the same way my name is, with a P-H. So I've always had a, a bit of a, 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 a like for this man. I want to meet him. If you've got your Bible, flip back to chapter 7 real quick. You'll understand what we're talking about when it talks about the persecution that arose after Stephen was stoned. And we're talking about real rocks here. We're not talking about marijuana or anything like that. Just thought I'd clarify. You know, we are here in Southern California and all kinds of things. People get goofy in Southern California, even in the church. I'm shocked at what some of the churches are allowing in their, in their churches, in their doctrine, in their bylaws. God help us. No, we're talking about the real deal here. He was stoned. Uh, verse number 59. Um, actually, you go to verse number 54. Look at this. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. And he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice stopped their ears, plugged up their ears, and they ran at him with one accord, and they cast him out of the city, and they stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. It is the same Saul that later becomes Paul. He is the chief uh, persecutor. Thank you. He is in charge here. He is sanctioning all of this. They stoned Stephen, verse number 59 says, and he was, as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down, he cried out with a loud voice, listen to this, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he laid down and fell asleep. That actually means he died. Wow. So not only was Stephen persecuted, but those who believed like Stephen were also persecuted 
uh, and it says, after they heard this, I, I looked back to see what they might have heard that got them so riled. I found it in verse number 51 of chapter 7 in Acts. He called them stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and in ears. That might tick somebody off. I don't know. <laughs> he was persecuted to the point of death, but those who believed like him, like him were also persecuted for the cause of Christ. For the cause of the gospel. Listen to me today, ladies and gentlemen. You might be persecuted for the cause of Christ. You might be made fun of. You might be laughed at. You might be the butt of the joke. You might be the punchline. Is that going to cause you to stop living the way you should live? Living the way the Bible has called you to live just because you're being persecuted? They were persecuted and the attack was intended to destroy the church. But how many of y'all know God has always had a people and he had a people then, he has a people now, and he'll always have a people? Hallelujah. God has always had a people. Dictators. Leaders of, of nations have tried to, to stomp it out, have tried to snuff it out, have tried to remove its presence, slaughtering believers in Christ throughout the ages. But what happened? The opposite ha happened here. The, the attack was intended to destroy the church, but the very opposite happened. The church began to flourish in ways that it never maybe would have. They were scattered. The scripture says that they were scattered. They went around. They went abroad. They went to various other cities. And they began to tell about Jesus. Have you heard about this man? He causes blind eyes to come open. He causes deaf ears to hear again. He caused the dead to walk and live again. Have you heard about him? And people began to believe in him. And churches sprung up all over the area, all over the region. Believers were scattered. This caused church growth. Folks, when we leave here today, we should be scattered just like they were. Look at all of the cities that were represented in that day. Look at all the cities that are represented in this very room. By the way, just as a side note, they were sent to Cyprus. Anybody live in Cyprus? Wow. Wow. You have a mission field. Just get it. You know what? If we just get excited about Jesus again. Really. So excited about how he's changed our life. So excited about what we see him do week after week. That it, we're so excited we can't keep it still. You're going to have to pull somebody off, off to the side. You'll be, the, you'll be the, the leader of the water cooler talk. Oh, y'all got to hear what happened at my church yesterday. You can't believe what God is doing. You can't believe what happened in my life. I had, I had this going on in my life, and, and Jesus took care. We've got to get excited again about Jesus. They were persecuted then. Believers have been persecuted throughout the ages. And we're fools to think that we are exempt from this. Perhaps we're exempt because we're not really doing much. 
I know that hurts. But if we'll get out there and make a difference. Persecution was the first thing that I saw that caused them to be labeled as Christian. Preaching was the next thing. Verse number 20. They stoned Stephen as he was, uh, excuse me, and some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene who when they had come to Antioch, they spoke to the Hellenists. And look at this. It says they were preaching the Lord Jesus. It's important that we preach. And it's important that we preach Jesus. Don't preach your opinion. Don't preach what you think. Preach the Bible. Preach the Word of God. Preach the Lord Jesus. It worked then, and I want to say to you today, it will work today. Preach. Now, when I say preach, that doesn't mean that I'm going to call on you to come and stand behind this sacred desk and do a, do a series, uh, the next Wednesday series. Don't get nervous. Preaching is just declaring and proclaiming. Preaching is just daring to open up your mouth and tell somebody about Jesus. That's what they did. At Antioch, something new happened. They started off, it says, that they were preaching to the Jews only. But listen, if we're just preaching to the Jews, we're not fulfilling the Great Commission, which I found in Matthew chapter 28, verse number 18. Jesus came and spoke to them and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Somebody say, all the nations. All nations. That includes Jew, but that also includes the Gentile. Something happened in Antioch. They began to reach outside of just the focus of the Jews. And they began to preach to the Gentiles as well. And they responded and they found the Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, power. Somebody say power. Power. Verse 21 of our text here this morning says, The hand of the Lord was on them. The hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Acts 1.8 says that you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witness. It is so important, church, that we go out with the hand of the Lord on us. The hand of the Lord with us. It's vitally important that we have the power necessary to back up the preaching. Or you'll just fall flat on your face. If you try in your own ability and in your own strength, you are going to only go so far. It will be very, very limited. And then you're, you're falling on your face. You're, you're frustrated and you're throwing in the towel. I want to be a believer, a follower of Christ. I want to be a Christian that actually endures to the end that continues in the race and does not get out. How can that be accomplished? Power. Power to walk right. Power to talk right. Power to live right. Power to give right. 
I like the song the choir sings every so often. They say, I don't live like I used to live. I don't give like I used to give. I don't talk like I used to talk. And I don't walk like I used to walk. I've been changed and he has made the difference. You need power and you need it every day. And thankfully, it's available. We're trying to light up the world and we're not even plugged into the power supply. He said, you are the light of the world. Get out in that world and let the light of Christ shine through your life. But you've got to have the power supply that will illuminate your life and let the light of Christ be seen in you. Power. Power. Finally, there was proof. Verse number 26 says, when he had found him, that's Barnabas, had found Saul, he brought him to Antioch. And so it was that for a whole year, emphasis on for a whole year, they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. Why am I emphasizing a whole year? Because it suggests to me, and scholars agree, they hadn't really planned on staying that long. But something was happening. God was moving. There was power being demonstrated. The power of the Holy Spirit was being demonstrated in the church and in the communities and through their lives. It says they taught a great many people and they believed. And I could just see Barnabas and, and Saul saying, oh, we, we can't leave yet. We'll, maybe we'll leave next week. Then they get together and they, they meet next week and they say, well, we can't meet we can't leave next, this week either. We, maybe two weeks from now. And they just kept pushing. It says for over a year. But see, I believe that in that year's time, not only did they hear Paul and Barnabas and some of the others declaring the good news, I believe they saw it as they lived it out every day. You know, I could, I could get up here and preach like I do and tell you to live according to what the Bible says and tell you how wonderful Jesus is and that's what I'm going to do. But then I could leave out of here and I could go bowling. Let's just pick on bowling because some of y'all went bowling last night. Did you do any good, Robin? Didn't? Did you have fun? Good enough. I'm not any good either, but it's fun. Some people get so into it though, right? So... We go bowling. I'm going to go bowling with refuge next time. And somebody comes by and says, uh, anybody want a drink? They're, they're taking orders. And I say, oh, yeah, bring me a, bring me a Budweiser. I'll have, a, I'll have a beer. And then it's my turn to bowl. And I get up and I throw a gutter ball. And, and I just say some things that shouldn't be said. Then it's a double standard. Folks, I believe we are to declare and preach the good news of the gospel, but I believe we are to live it out as well. In fact, I believe our lives are actually speaking louder than our words. And if there's an inconsistency and you're saying, well, I'm a Christian, I got my badge, Everybody knows I'm a Christian. And you go to church on Sunday, 
and you sing about the Lord, but you go to work on Monday and you live like you're the devil. Nobody wants to hear this, do they? You want to go to lunch, don't you? There can't be inconsistency here. There's got to be the same walk as the talk. By the way, I don't drink Budweiser. I don't drink Miller Lite. I tell you this right now, before God and everybody in this room, as for me and my house, we have drawn a line and we do not partake of alcohol in any way, not even a wine cooler on a hot, hot day when you just mowed the grass. I know nobody wants to hear this today. I should move on, shouldn't I? All right. I stepped away from the desk, right? Uh, I want to go somewhere, but I, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to be a good boy. I'm going to be a good boy. You get the point. You know what? People are looking at us. I, I had the staff read a book uh, that I just recently read. It's actually uh, from, from Disney. It's called Be Our Guest. The Art of Customer Service. Pimo, come play behind me and push me a little bit. Um, the Art of Customer Service. And everybody likes to be treated right. I don't care who you are. And Disney kind of, they have it down as far as how to treat people. You know, now you're going to pay out the nose, but they know how to treat you. I you know what? We love to go to Disney. And I want my life to be an open book. I'm, we're kind of living a fishbowl anyway, right? But we kind of welcome that. I want you to know what's going on in my life. How many of y'all know I was at Disney on Friday night? Just from Facebook. You knew. See? You're getting somebody's business. This book, Be Our Guest, The Art of Customer Service, the author says, well, he says a lot of things, but this one really resonates in me. It says, everything speaks. Everything speaks. Is the lawn mowed or are weeds coming up when they go by the church? It's saying something to somebody driving by. Is there trash on the parking lot? Are the, are the restrooms smelly? Everything speaks. Are the greeters and ushers and, and, and various others, are they friendly? Did they greet me? Everything speaks. I believe we should communicate the gospel with our words, absolutely. But we better be communicating the gospel with our lives. Your life speaks. Your life is saying something. Calling all Christians. Calling all Christians. Do they know that you are? How do they know? Is it just because you've said I am? You know, you could do a survey. And you, the vast majority of the people you survey, they think they are Christians. But just because you go to church 
doesn't make you a Christian. No more than parking yourself in a garage is going to make you a car. People think they're a Christian, but I want you to bow your heads today. Father, we, we really proudly embrace this title, Christian, a follower of Christ. We love you, Jesus. We're proud to be associated with you. We are not ashamed of the gospel. We believe it is the power that we need. Help us to fully understand what it means to be a Christian. Let our light shine. Just before we dismiss today, I wonder, is there even just one here that maybe you're not a Christian? I don't want to assume that everybody here is a Christian. Maybe you're here today and you're not a follower of Christ, but you want to become that right now. It would be my honor to pray with you before we leave. So if you're here today and you would like to become a Christian, accepting Christ, accepting His teaching, asking Him to forgive you of sin, slip up your hand right now and let me pray for you before we go. Is there even just one? Lift your hand right now. Don't delay. Don't wait another day. Slip up your hand and let me pray for you. Anybody, anyone. Everyone standing. I want to be more like you. Yes, make us like you. Jesus. I want to be more like you. Want to be a vessel. Jesus. I want to be a vessel that you work through. your testimony, not your prayer. I, I want to be more like you. Jesus. I want to be more like you. I want to be a vessel. I want to be a vessel that you work I've asked Pastor Dave to come and dismiss us in prayer, but just before you do, would you let the people know what's going on tonight? They don't want to miss this, I'm telling you. Yeah, tonight you do not want to miss it. It's uh, going to be a student-led service. Uh, the students are going to do it all, from opening prayer to worship to preaching to altar time, everything. The students are going to come, and they're going to minister to you. So be here tonight and experience what God is doing in Edge Youth. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for what you're doing in this place, God. We're thankful for the mighty move that we experienced this morning, God. And may we carry it with us, God, into our community, into our workplace, into the schools, oh God. Lord, may we be like you in every aspect, Father. And we thank you for what you're doing in this place, God. And challenge us, God. Challenge us to be your vessel, to be your instrument everywhere we go. 
Thank you for being here once again, God, and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.